Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report, and I am thrilled to introduce Rebecca Hollis. Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you, Camilla. So lovely to be here. Hi, everyone. My name is Rebecca. I am the Chief Growth Officer for ScoreUp. I'm also well known as the Game Changers Cheerleader. Um, I think this is very much stems from just um, writing positively on LinkedIn. My bit of my background is I've worked in brand um, a lot of my life, starting off at Saatchi and Saatchi and working my, my way up. So that's a little bit about me. I actually also, just a bit of fun knowledge, I also uh, part coach Team England cheerleading. So I've got two very, very different roles, Chief Growth Officer and Head of Cheerleading. So yeah, amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. And part of the reason I was so excited to have you on the show is that you're very open and transparent on LinkedIn and we are nothing here if not transparent. So I would love to dig in a little bit into your journey and how you found yourself at your current role. I've had a, like everyone, I think we've all had these journeys, especially with our careers that sort of have gone off on one path, it's meandered onto another and you found yourself somewhere else. And I think firstly, that's really one of the most beautiful things about life is that you think you're going in one direction, something shakes your world and then pulls you into another and you end up somewhere that you really feel you always should have been. And that's kind of where I feel like I am now. So I spent a lot of my 20s chasing, chasing the status in my job. I worked in London, in the city, and everything was all about what you did, who you were, what you weren't, who you knew. So it was very much about that. And I was very attached to who I was and how I was going to climb that ladder. And I actually woke up one day really thinking, I'm doing all these great things. I've achieved a lot in my career. I've got a nice home and a nice car, but I felt really deeply unfulfilled. And all these things, you know, externally around me were great, but I just didn't feel I was serving a greater mission. Um, I was, I had a purpose and that, that I had a real vision for the future of where this was actually going to go and, and take me. So I decided to um, look at something that really interests me, which was cheerleading. I've been doing cheerleading since I was 10. I, I really believe in it. I think it's great for young people. Um, for me, it took me all over the world. It taught me a lot of great things that actually led to me being in leadership positions. So I actually approached uh, the world's biggest cheerleading company called Varsity, which is an American company. And I said, how about you bring the company over to Europe and I will run the business for you. And lo and behold, they said yes. <laughs> so I went into my lovely high paying job and I said, I'm going to follow a dream, which is exactly what I did. So for five years, I grew the business in the UK and Ireland. It became the number one uh, cheerleading company in Europe. Um, it was amazing fun. But what happened was, is because I was so attached to the, the, the actual the industry and because I'd grown up in it, what I had done is just taken myself from one identity to another. So I went from I am this high-flying executive, et cetera, et cetera, to I am um, this person in cheerleading that's going to help everybody. And I was so attached to every single role that everything that I was really was about the role that I was doing. And I ended up burning out and I burnt out spectacularly, <laughs> like really spectacularly. And when you burn out from anything, it's, it's, 
you know, maybe we can talk for some, it can take a long time to come back from, you know, because it can really, um, really damage and, and take you out of who you thought you were and throw you into kind of the abyss. And that's really what happened to me because not only was I losing a job and a role that I thought I wanted and I needed and I worked super hard for and threw in the towel of everything that I'd worked for up until then. I also felt like I was losing something I deeply cared about and was was ingrained in me from such a young age. And I was like, oh, so I now don't do something that I love for work and I don't do, and now I can't do something that I'm passionate about. Like, who am I? What, what does it mean to be me anymore? And, and really what that did was it kind of took me on a self exploration of, you know, who am I? What do I do? And it really, the experience sort of taught me that I'm not my job. <laughs> I'm not my job. I am who I am. I am a person of values and a person of principles and a person of passion. And so all of these things, they stay with you for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you're around, the people that you're around. If you, if these are, if, if these are within you, you can take them anywhere. So you never end up losing yourself. So really, I think the um, the journey with my career and on all of the things that I've done so far has really led me to doing things that I'm doing now, working with Score App, working with people on passion projects that I deeply care about, um, working in personal development, those things that I really care about. And they are interchangeable and I'm not attached to the outcome, which I think is why they are thriving and I'm enjoying them and I love the people I work with because I'm not so attached to them any longer. So that's the long, long way around telling you this story. <laughs> and, you know, and I think it's going to resonate with so many people because I have epically burned out myself, not once, but twice and made it into the abyss. I mean, different story, but same story. <laughs> I was in operations for years and years. That's how I identified myself. I was good at my job. People thought I was happy, you know, good marriage, good home, good life, miserable. And it had nothing to do with the ma We're still married, by the way. But, <laughs> but I started realizing that I identified so closely with my job and it didn't leave room for much else. And that obliterates a lot of happiness. So I had the same journey of having to really investigate, you know, it happening once fine. The second time I'm like, okay, this really isn't working and I need to figure out my life. So it was this huge, deep, painful journey, figuring out what my values were, where I wanted to focus and how to be more mindful and living in the moment instead of attaching to myself to eventual outcomes. And I, I hear all of those things in what you just said. So this is goosebumps. It just resonates. <laughs> it's incredible life lessons, isn't it? Yeah. With anything now, I don't attach myself to people, to places. There's nothing that I feel that I, I own that I couldn't leave tomorrow. You know, I mean, obviously you love your family and the people, but you've also have to, um, you have to have that attachment in a way, um, to be able to find these paths and move on these paths when something does get taken away, which it does happen. Let's look at what happened, you know, the last couple of years with everything that we've gone through with the pandemic. 
a lot of people, a lot of things have changed. There's a lot of th there's been a lot of disruption in the world, not just in business, just in our lives. You know, our general lives. There's been a lot of disruption. Disruption can be really good. You know, things changing can be really good, but you have to be really open to it. But if you're so um, tunnel vision, you know, we are, a lot of people talk about successful people being really tunnel vision, but I don't see that as a huge benefit. I don't in my personal life. I haven't found that tunnel vision has been a real benefit to me in being successful. I might have been able to get from point A to point B, but did I do it authentically? Did I do it with purpose? Did it make me happy? You know, so I think that having tunnel vision um, isn't always a, a great thing. And with the pandemic came a lot of great, great change. And um, it, it's really that learning from having that burnout. For me, this was sort of like a five six years ago I think now now maybe six seven you know with the you know with COVID you kind of don't realize how many years have gone past oh yeah it's worst <laughs> day of infinity I just <laughs> oh my god I keep saying I went on holiday to this destination last year and everyone's like that was three years ago so, oh yeah it was yeah <laughs> blur's day of infinity I'm telling I'll you another one <laughs> Yeah, right. But, it, but honestly, I know it, there's been some terrible things that have happened, but I genuinely believe there's been some fantastic things that have happened. And that's what's really happened for me. It's given me a chance to sit back, reflect, ask myself, what do you want? What do you need? Who are the people that you want to be spending your time with? What do you care about? And that's all that's led into the roles and doing the purposeful work with the people I really care about now. Yeah. And val finding out what your values values are is so fundamental to figuring out what feeds your soul instead of drains it. And I think I agree with you with the tunnel vision. Having some professional detachment allows you to better analyze whether or not what you're doing is working and make adjustments. And you can also analyze whether or not it's working for you as a human. So mindfulness, huge fan of that. But how, let's talk a little bit about the process you went through and discovering what your values were. Cause I know for me, that was, it, it took me a long time. If you wouldn't mind sharing, I, I would love to hear. I feel like when I was about 25, I had a bit of awakening at that time. I feel like I had a bit of an spiritual awakening. And with my inexperience, I let that go over a couple of years. It was not holding those practices. It was not holding the things that I felt dear to me. Because we all do have principles. We all do have values. Just sometimes we park it and sometimes we don't prioritize them. So when the burnout happened and once sort of the dust settled and it did take a while for me, I went on an incredibly expensive trip um, on my own <laughs> to Thailand and Cambodia thinking I'm going to find myself. I didn't. I just spent a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money and, and a lot of time. And um, when I came back, I was just, I, I, I just couldn't get my head around starting something new because I hadn't really moved forward. The thought of actually mobilizing myself to move forward when I hadn't really done any work on myself just didn't make sense. So I 
I, I didn't at the time, I, I, I didn't really need to step right back into work. So I spent time, I took myself away quietly somewhere not so far away. And I asked myself these questions like, what do I want? What do I need? What value do I want to bring? What would make me happy, you know, to get up every day? What would fill my life with purpose? And once I started seeing these wills in motion, once I started having more of a, I suppose once it was more at the forefront of my mind and I was thinking about it on a more regular basis, what I didn't know at the time is I was practicing. I was, I was, um, my muscle memory of me actually practicing and, and, um, implementing this into my everyday life. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but it was having a massive impact on me. And this is when the, the wheels started to, to actually turn. And then when doors started opening, I was able to ask myself, does this, you know, it might be a great financial reward. It might um, have some sort of accolade with it, but does it serve me and does it serve others? And does it serve the greater purpose that I'm, that I'm going for? And that's really what then started taking me on a completely different path that was far more fulfilling. So for me, um, those type of practices became more and more and more. And my practices now really stem around mindfulness. It's about uh, making sure that I look after my body, that I look after my mind, that I'm investing in myself, that I'm investing in others. I've got a real, I've got, a, I've got I suppose you would say I've got quite a rigid way of doing things now that I know that when I start feeling a little bit off, that I've dropped the ball in one of those areas. And it's actually quite clear to pinpoint when I'm feeling a little bit off that I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, I've not been exercising enough or my, my nutrition's been off or I've not been, you know, reading enough self-development books or I've not been um, meditating, you know, regularly. I stopped that practice. And it's very easy to pick those things up when you start feeling off. So one of my biggest things that I do now is when things start to feel on top of me I'm like what ball have I dropped you know and I've got a list of things of like okay I can see exactly what's happened I'm maybe not serving the community or I've not been doing things for others and it's been very self-serving you know that does that doesn't make you feel good and um so yeah so that's really that's sort of been my my practice as a result of making sure that you look after yourself you know this does sound to some very selfish a very selfish way of looking at life rather than just getting on with things but I truly believe that the people that I know that look after themselves which is what I never did in my 20s never looked after myself now I look after myself you know I am my number one priority my my health and fitness and my mental fitness for myself and for my family is my number one priority because if I'm in a good space then I have so much more I've got a bucket that's overflowing that can help other people that I am you know I'm in a good space for my family and for my for my friends um, because you can't pour from an empty cup but if your cup is completely overflowing then you've got so much more to give to everybody else your team your peers your family whoever whoever it might be that's around you I couldn't agree more because those of us who have faced burned out, what you feel is empty. You feel drained. You feel completely without reserves and you can't, yeah. And you can't give to other people if you have nothing left to give. And I see this with caregivers who burn out and people who are in a position where they're, they're taking care of others and they prioritize that over all else. And that's a recipe for its own kind of burnout. 
So it's, it's interesting as I was listening to your story, it, it again resonated so deeply because, uh, I had always figured myself as a creative problem solver, but when it came to looking at my own reality, I was extremely rigid in what I thought I defined myself as and could do reevaluating that. I just, I think a lot of people who are burned out feel stuck. They're on a path. They've committed to that path. That's how they see themselves. I see the routine and figuring out what works for you, not as the same kind of rigidness. You know how you mentioned that you kind of have a pattern and you're rigid. Figuring out what feeds your soul is so critical. And I, I completely relate because anytime I start feeling off, it's because I've stopped doing one of the things that I need to do to maintain on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And people genuinely believe that, you know, I've, I've, I've got a goal, I've set a goal and I'm going to achieve it. And that's success. You know, for me, I feel now success is changing my mind. I, can, I think it's a real flex to be able to change my mind when someone says, oh, but you were doing this. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I don't want to go to that gym class anymore. I found something else to do. It's, it's, it's kind of ingrained in us that we stick at the same job and, you know, we stick maybe with the same partner that we were with our very, from school. And that's just not life. That's not how life works. Growth and the world evolves in different ways and we need to grow and evolve with it. And not everything grows and evolves with us. And that's the beauty that we can choose to actually do whatever we want, whenever we want and not being trapped by that level of dogma is actually freeing it, it's it's it makes you feel amazing and i never i never feel now that i have to do anything tomorrow i might be doing something completely different and i'm absolutely good with that but i know that whatever i do it will be in alignment with my highest values which is personal growth, you know, the planet, looking after animals, these types of things, things that are really like on my list of like what I truly care about, it's going to be in alignment with that. So whatever I do in between that, I'm actually quite excited because I'm not trapped by that. We have to do things a certain way. And it's really funny you say that because I was actually just about to write an article on LinkedIn about, <laughs> about that, about change, being, having the, you know, the right and the flexibility to change your mind and it not being a bad thing because goal setting is, is is kind of the way that we think it is or, or have been taught is, is slightly outdated. Yes. Yeah. And I think it takes a big person to be able to say, I set the wrong goal for myself and this is how I need to pivot. What's interesting is um, I found in my own life and I know so burnout isn't necessarily a state of being really stressed out. It's, it's a state of misalignment because we have stress still, right? So life is always going to be stressful, but how we respond to it really changes when you're living in alignment with your own values. Uh, do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. For me, I, I think you're right that people think, well, I'm not burning out because, you know, I'm not necessarily living in a heightened state of stress. What people don't realize is when you are in chronic stress, you don't know you're in stress because you've been living in this place for such a long time. So how burnout really looked for me was I felt lost. I felt disconnected. I felt 
everything was just out of my control. I wasn't sitting there every single day thinking, oh my God, the, you know, every, everything's collapsing. I just felt really lost when people said, I couldn't make a decision. I had terrible brain fog and I'm a very decisive person. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. Um, I know exactly what I'm doing. I, I make, I'm, I'm a team leader. That's, you know, I'm, I've, I'm in leadership. I make decisions. I could not make a decision about what I wanted to eat for dinner. You know, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, God forbid if I had to look at Netflix, I mean, like I would never have found anything. So <laughs> I couldn't make any decision at all. And it just felt like nothing hit and nothing stuck and I think when you're in a place like you were saying of real alignment things and people and situations just pop up and you're like that's what I needed that's the person I wanted to speak to oh brilliant I won't go and do that thing because I've just met someone who said that wasn't a great idea and she's probably right you know there's there's so many like wonderful things that come up when you're in alignment and it's almost like you're open whereas when you're in a state of burnout you're so closed off because you're trying to protect yourself that you literally are just smothered um and you're literally swimming just on, you know, just above uh, the waterline, just keeping your head above water. And you think that oh, I'm, you know, I'm okay. And, but you're not, you're living in a chronic state of stress. And with that, I don't know what, because burnout shows up for people in very different ways. You know, your burnout would have looked completely different to, to mine and it would have happened. Some people, it happens really slowly. Some people, it happens as a result of, you know, like an, an event or, or a situation. There's, there's, a, there's a fantastic book called Life Quakes and it's by Bruce, Bruce something. It's called Life Quakes and it, and it talks about how a life quake, which is something, you know, like a, a losing a job or a death or a marriage breaking down or whatever it might be, it comes in and it just absolutely floors you and it just absolutely takes you by surprise and everyone thinks, well, that it must be what a burnout is or that must be what hitting rock bottom is but what you don't realize when it comes to a burnout is it can be very very slow it could be one of these events that, that kickstart everything but really what it could be is a catalog of very very small things on your path that actually start building up building up and you're unaware of it until it's right there at the top and and i think when you're living in something where you are waking up every day and not enjoying it you're having headaches you you might see i had a bit of, i had hair loss your skin's not great you might be bloated um you've got brain fog brain fog was my biggest thing i just couldn't get my words out i couldn't do anything there's all these these things you basically are just sick and there's no reason you could be, I had gut issues. I mean, everything that, and they might only be small, but it really, if you are not in peak performance, if you are not feeling good, there's something going on in your life, um, physically, mentally, whatever is not good. There's something going on in your life that you're not looking after and that you maybe need to focus on. And it might not be that you need to go to the gym when your body isn't working for you. That might not be the answer to the question. It might be in here. I would say that anybody that is feeling like they are approaching the edge, that they are feeling stressed out, something feels off or you just are not motivated or inspired or can't make decisions or you, you really don't know what to do next. My biggest thing is to actually take a step back, which seems so counterintuitive because you're like, I need to keep going. I need to keep going. 
I actually would say step back from whatever you're doing, take a breath, take some time out because it's in that gap, it's in that little space in between that you're going to find the answers. By keep adding to it and adding to it and just ticking along, you're never going to you're never going to have that little moment where the universe or yourself, whatever you believe in, is going to is going to kind of give you the answers that you need. So by actually taking a step back, whether that might be, you know, maybe don't go to Cambodia for three months, but, but, <laughs> going, but just you know, you can do something really small for yourself. Just take some time out, you know, go for a hike, go for a walk, go, go and do something for yourself, so you really have that moment where you're you're taking a breath. And it and quite honestly, it might be more than a holiday. You might need more than than an actual holiday to start listening to to yourself, but you've got to start by taking that step back rather than keep pushing um, towards something that clearly isn't in alignment with you. Yeah, and it can really be death by a thousand cuts that you don't notice until it's critical. And it's funny how our bodies or and or our emotions get louder and louder. And we may not know why, but they're trying to tell us something. It's you ignore yourself for so long, your body or your mind will find a way for you to be forced to listen. Absolutely. Yeah. Your body has this way of telling you things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not going to listen, it's just going to keep getting louder <laughs> and it's not fun. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> so it might be helpful for folks to hear how your current position is in alignment with your values, you know, just to give the, get them thinking of ways that they can find outlets for the needs that they have. So this is kind of fun because, so ScoreUp is um, software, it's quiz or scorecard marketing software for your business. So it helps people um, that are actually, uh, you, there's lots and lots of ways that you can use it, but it's great for lead generation for businesses, right? So did I wake up and say, you know what I want to do? I want to work <laughs> and do lead generation software, you know, like maybe not. But what I did wake up and say was, I want to work with really smart people who care about what they're doing, who care about other people. I want to work with a community of people that are passionate about what they do that, have, that are going somewhere and that is exactly what I found with ScoreUp with the community and with the people that I work with so one of the co-founders Daniel Priestley I've been friends with him for 20 years called me up out of the blue just at the right moment funnily enough and said I have got this fantastic startup I would love you to to kind of see if it's something you might be interested in and I I knew him I, I knew the type of person he was he's a fantastic entrepreneur I knew the type of people that he hung around with I knew how he operated and I was like this is in alignment with me did I I didn't even think twice I didn't even really ask I, I obviously I knew what he was doing he, he you know he said but all I really needed to know was did he believe in it where he was going and then the kinds of people that we work with are business owners entrepreneurs marketing people, all the fun people that I like to spend my time with. So it, it is total alignment because I didn't look at what the company was and how established they were or, or not. I just looked at who were the people, 
what are we going to get out of this? How much fun it's going to be? And it honestly has been the most, the most fun. The company has just had its first big valuation. Like we're thrilled. And it's been something that we've all started right from the beginning. And we have had the most fun. Anyone that's worked in startup, because I know you have, Camilla, you've done both ends of it. I kind of feel that you're either a corporate you know, or or you kind of, you're a startup and you like the fun of the, the startup life, but it can be stressful. That's me. I love the fun of the startup life. I like the problem solving. We love the problem solving. And look, has it been easy? Totally. Not the whole time, but I would say 95% of the time we have had an absolute blast. So that is what I'm doing majority of my time now. I do a lot of passion projects outside. I coach cheerleading. Um, I work for food, the, the local food banks. I do all of this voluntary. I do other things that I, I do with, um, I do some personal development courses, but really this is kind of thing that I'm doing now that I'm having the most fun with purely because I just enjoy it. And the people I'm, I'm doing it with, we have a vision, we have a mission and we're all on the same page, going in the same direction and growing, not just the business, but ourselves at the same time. Look, if they, they weren't these people and if we weren't in that same mindset together, I don't believe we would be doing this. And I certainly wouldn't be a part of this. You know, this isn't something that I would want to be a part of if we weren't in that mindset. I like turning up every day. I love opening my laptop and, and seeing what everyone's up to and what, what trouble we can get up to <laughs> today. So yeah, it, it's really good fun. So that is what I'm working on. You know, we're, we're really about to scale our business right now, as you know, we're like the startup world. Um, you very much kind of the first couple of years, you're in the wilderness a little bit, but we've now got thousands of customers. So we're just about to scale up. So it's it's kind of like another change in the business, which I love and people just, and, and it's actually what I, what I love the most is the software is one thing, but it's changing a lot of small businesses, medium businesses. It's really changing their business. And I find that really fun and cool. Like I spend so much time in the community. I don't really need to be there every day, but I just love it because I like hearing about the impact that some of the hard work and the stress has helped other people. And that's really what drives you forward. Look, the company likely will sell in the next couple of years and I'll be on to my next adventure, but it's, it's awesome. And I'm living in the present. I don't, I don't live over there because whatever's coming after this is, is going to be right for me at that, at that moment and at that time. And that will be the next adventure. Yeah, I love it. I feel so similarly. Like I feel lucky to work for a company that allows me to help people who were in my position and help them do their jobs better and grow. And then they let me spend time on things like this, which is just fabulous. So I'm so glad we found our path. Eat your soul. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm glad we found our path. I hope that we both are mindful enough to enjoy the journey. Thank you so much for being here. So where can people find you online to network? Oh, thank you so much, Camilla. So I am often on LinkedIn. You can find me under Rebecca Hollis on LinkedIn. You can also message me. I will happily give anybody a, um, an extended free trial of Score App if you want to see if it can work using scorecard marketing for your business. I'll do an extended trial for anyone. Um, I'll do like an extended, maybe like I'll do a month or something for you for your um, audience, Camilla. So if you want to send me an email, my email is Rebecca at scoreapp.com. I love to hear from people. So anyone that's listening, reach 
reach out. I know Camilla and I have got very similar stories, so I would imagine we have very similar networks. So I'm looking forward to connecting with everybody. And thank you so much, Camilla. We're on the, you know, different countries, different continents, but same mindsets. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.